sabe. Suena el bombo. Ando tumbado que el ritmo lo pongo yo. Pops and the Rings. Pops and Charming at any point. I don't want to waste. I don't have charm to waste, man. <laughs> we don't. We don't want you like throwing all, throwing a, a joint or something because you started charm way Charming. too early. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway. Uh, so you yeah. didn't answer my question. Are we are we are we recording now or uh, or, or no? We are. Uh, the the recording is going, but okay. this what we're doing right now probably won't show up in the podcast. We'll edit it out. Why? This is this might be the best stuff. That's the best stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we can keep some of it in if you'd like. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, you know, it's, it's always tricky. You know, it was always tricky doing. It's always tricky doing radio, um, like phoners on the radio because you, you have to. You don't know. You, the guy calls you. Don't you don't know if you're on the air or not. You're like, I mean, for podcasts, it's one thing because you guys can edit it out. But the guy calls you. Hey, what are you doing? You're like. And you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, if, it's, if it's the kind of thing where you want to be funny and you start being funny and then, and then they go, okay, we're going to get you on right now. You go, oh, man, I just, I just wasted my charm. <laughs> exactly. Well, if, if you like, I can give you a, a, a little warning of uh, when we're going to really start in with the good stuff. Yeah, let me know. Uh, that was when I called. I got you. No. <laughs> well, uh... Let's get rolling here. Uh, this is the Pops and the Rican show, and uh, I'm Pops. And I'm the Rican. And that makes this the, the Pops, Pops and the, the Rican, Rican show. show. Put it together. And uh, today we are uh, visiting via the wonderful, uh, it, it's voodoo, that's all it is, people. <laughs> uh, we're connected on the on the, uh, on the the computer thing with Ooh. that interweb thing yeah. or whatever. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. But uh, there's some guy named Skype. Yeah. He's taking and, care of it, yeah. And he's got us connected all the way to the left coast. <laughs> that's what that's where our guest is. Yes. And uh, so t- today we're uh, we're joined by uh, a guy that I have gotten to know uh, just briefly over the last couple of years, and I find him to be one of the funniest people that I have uh, had the privilege of getting to know, which means he's funnier than you. Uh, of course. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> uh, we're joined. Oh well, you're being you're being too kind, and you're putting too much pressure on me. Too much, right? Yeah, exactly. We're joined that's via. Like the intro, that's like Skype. the intro. You know, the person brings you up. They give you the intro. You know, they don't. They go, this guy coming to this stage is so so funny. You're right. gonna be rolling on the floor. <laughs> you're gonna be peeing your pants, and you're like, holy crap! Man, just, exactly. I had, one time, I had a late a, a young woman. She brought me up on stage, and she didn't know me. Really. I was fairly new, but I was headlining this. Uh, I think I was headlining. Anyway, she said, uh, okay, people, fasten your seatbelts and get ready for the comedy of Dennis Regan. <laughs> and I went up there and I said, okay, people, you can unfasten your seatbelts right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anybody in, being safe. Let's just go ahead. Let's, if, if I say something that's funny and you fall out of your chair, get out. 
So it's, one thing for, it's one thing for a nice intro, but too over the top or too wrong, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. um, is, is that isn't helpful, you know. Well, I always like to uh, set our guests up for failure as, <laughs> as early as possible. Well, you gave me a nice intro. I appreciate it. I think you even had the word wonderful in there. So, oh, you were talking about the internet. You're talking about the internet there when you said wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was like three hours ago. I forgot by already. So, yeah. right. anyway, uh, hey, we're here with Dennis, Dennis Regan. Regan. Yeah. And uh, right. Dennis. Welcome to the Pops and the Rican Show. Okay, now I gotta I gotta slow you down here. I I, I want to know who I'm talking to. Is it Pops? P O P S? Yeah, that's. I know Dennis. That, we, did you guys just go by? Are you, are you anonymous? You, you, we don't put you say your real names on here. Is that to protect the innocent? What? Pops? <laughs> no, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the innocence because uh, I wouldn't be allowed on the show. No. Um, <laughs> however, okay, Pops. Evidently, Pops Dennis, Dennis evidently Dooley, Steve. Right? thinks that I'm old enough that he needs to call me Pops. Right. And and so... I think I'm pretty I'm pretty accurate with what I'm saying. I think I'm accurate. So I, I think it's safe. So if if, uh, if you ever get a chance to meet him face to face, Dennis, feel free to punch him in the throat. <laughs> alright, alright. If he calls me Pops, I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's a term it of endearment. It how old he is, you know. Oh man, I'm 40. I'm 42, so... Yeah, you call me Pops. You, you call me Pops, you're looking for trouble. <laughs> it's all good, man. He's just he's just happy that uh, my legs don't go all that high because I can't kick him in the groin anymore. So. <laughs> you can't catch me. you got to catch me, bro. And I, I couldn't quite make out what uh, uh, you were saying after Pops. Pops and the what? sounded like the Regan, but that's me, so... Right. The Regan. It's like it's, the Regan, Puerto Rican uh, is, is my nationality, so... Oh, okay. All right. And and we're trying to be as politically correct as we possibly can be. <laughs> exactly. Because evidently that's important to some of these whatever. Sissy, it's all good. Whatever people yeah. these days. So. It's all good. Anyway. Yeah. All so right, well, what do you guys want to talk about? All right. First of all, let's let's kind of uh, get started with uh, tell tell us tell our listening audience uh, how did you get started? What was your start in comedy? Now, first of all, do you guys, do you have a listening audience? Do you, do you actually, do you have a listening audience? Yes, we do. <laughs> well, my, my mom, my dad, and, and three people that I pay uh, a small stipend to. I'm just being a jerk. Let me say hello to your listening audience. I had, uh, um, how did I get started in comedy? Uh, I went to an open mic night, like, uh, back then, this is like 1987, an open mic night is was different than it is now. An open mic night was in front of a real audience, and there'd be real comedians on the show. I, I, you know, I mean, bona fide headliners and stuff. And then they would also throw up some open micers, so you were in front of a real crowd. It's not this kind of torture chamber that I see people going to now. I mean, it's hard <laughs> for me to um, imagine, you know, going up in front of other comedians nice. and, and trying to get laughs. Okay. I, I've done it a couple of times, and, you know, just as on a, you know, on a whim or on a goof, where I was in those places, I don't like to take that stage time away from people. <laughs> but uh, but going up in, in, a, in an open mic where it's other open micers waiting to go up, that's kind of like asking a homeless guy for a quarter. You know, um, <laughs> they're not a good, they're not the best crowd. They might want to be supportive, and they might not. But they're sitting there waiting to go on. You know, yeah. everybody everybody in the audience is waiting to go on. It's not an audience. That's true. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Early on, when I got started, it was it was called an open mic, but it was a pro am open mic. So you had professionals, you had amateurs, yeah. and the pros yeah. would get up. They would work on some of their material because they were trying to tighten their set, and then they'd step aside and let some of the real amateurs get up and go to work on some of their new material. And and so yeah, and I think that's a good. I think that's a good sort of balance. I mean, it's. it's it's hard enough for clubs to get people to come out, you know, and fill yeah. these seats and fill these rooms and stuff like that. And, um, they do the, what they call them, the bringer shows, and, uh, and 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 they get people out that way. But uh, um, yeah, it, it, it is tricky business. But back then, I started kind of in the heyday, like 1987, and people were just kind of coming to comedy clubs, and everything was everything was you know okay. And, yeah. Um, but they they only put up about. Four of us, though, you know, I mean, they would torture the audience with for, for uh, you know, new new people. Yeah. Now, do you think it's because that's the reason why, obviously, that clubs don't necessarily uh, consider uh, bringing in new people at a, at a you know, a, a live show and calling the open mic that way because they want people to come in and, and buy tickets rather than, you know, get tortured by some newbies that are coming through. Would it be better yeah. for clubs to do that or not? Well, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not in the club business. They've tried all kinds of different ways to do things. I work at club here in, um, and there's a club here in Burbank. I say here, it's a little, a little, not too far from it. And it's a great club called Flappers, and it has a, a little, a small room, and um, and I, a small room, I think like 60 people, and I go there sometimes on the weekends, and they have like about 10 comedians go up in front of me. Everybody does five. They run a tight ship and a lot of people come, come to see their friends. They're, they're all fairly new at it or some of them have been at it a while. Um, that's the spot, you know, that's the spot they get those spots. Some of them been at it. Some of them are great. They, they pepper in great comedians, writing, writers from Conan and stuff like that. Great comedians. So it's, um, and, and everything's quick. So if, if someone's not polished, it's, it, you know, they're, they're, they're off in, in, in a bit. And then I go up and close it and do like 20 minutes and it's a lot of fun for me and that's how I that's how I kind of throw out new material yeah and get new material working because I can't um I'm working a lot of events and stuff like that where it's really hard to just pop new ideas out so I, I do I do it there nice so is that like more like a an off night or is that like an actual night that they uh that's live no in like it's, a... it's it's Friday and Sunday night two shows um like seven and nine, something like that. And I remember one time I got off uh, after the nine o'clock show, and then the the wait staff and everything was cleaning up the table. And I said, Are "You people ready to get out of here?" And they go, "No, we got a midnight show." <laughs> I walked outside, and there was like twenty comedians waiting to go on in a minute. And I'm like, "Wow, there's a lot of people that want to do this, you know." And mm. uh, I, I I find it heartening and and, and, and kind of a, I don't want to say amusing. I, I I love it. I love doing it. I don't blame people for wanting to do it. It's a lot of fun doing stand up. But it, it's it's a tough road now for uh, for uh, people. You could really have to really going to have to love it to to to, to pursue it. You know. Mm, yeah, I know. I know. My son is he moved up to Portland because uh, he was he's wanting to get his feet in the comedy scene, but he doesn't want to be uh, dealing with the the broad sh shadow of uh, his fat daddy. Uh, and so he went to Portland, and there's two or three places in Portland that have midnight shows because, you know, he'll text me and, you know, say, uh, 
yeah, I just got done with uh, a midnight show, and I'm like, why are you texting me? You're three hours behind me. I'm sleeping. Leave me alone. But uh, right. But yeah, there are those places, yeah. and I think they're the young comics today are they're looking for stage time, so they don't mind doing those midnight open mics. Right, and I mean, I, and I'm grateful, and, I, and I'd be grateful to, that when people would come and, and sit and listen. I mean, because there's so much comedy on, uh, you know, on, on Netflix and on TV and all that stuff. Now, it, it is a people that have never gone to comedy. I'm still surprised by this. Sometimes they'll come up to me. I'm working a cruise ship or whatever. Yeah. And they'll say, "I've never been to a comedy show." And I'm like, "It's so much better. It's so much better to go and sit in the room and be there live than to watch it on TV." Exactly, and, and, and why they don't, you know, they don't get that until they actually go. I mean, we, we, I'm telling them right now. And people are listening. Oh, I've never been, never been. You ever been on a, you ever been on a bus? You ever been on a train ride? Do it, do it, you know. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing. Laughter is contagious, and if you're sitting by yourself, there's nothing for you to catch on to. Uh, so when you're with other people. And you all start to laugh, the laughter grows, and it's better that way. It's just better well, all the way around to be at a live show. If you think about it, when you're with your buddies, when you're out with your friends, you know, that's when you're really having a great time, when you're, like, zinging each other and, you know, cracking jokes and stuff, and that's when it's really live. So if you're out and about with your friends and family and enjoying a good show, then, you know, it's, it's a, obviously way better than just sitting by yourself. Absolutely right. I mean, to say uh, that laughter is contagious cannot, you know, it can't be overstated. I mean, you're sitting at a table. I'm talking about like if you're in the audience and you look over and you see your buddy laughing and you go, all right, you know, Johnny's laughing. Johnny thinks that you start laughing. It's just the way it works. I don't, you know, understand the psychology of it, but that's the way it works. And uh, the opposite is true, too. If you look over and uh, you see somebody, your buddy just staring at their cell phone and you're like, that has the opposite effect being front on the stage you see this and you read it, you go that person just needs to get out of there and get out you know there could be a real person that in that seat mm-hmm. a real audience member not somebody just being a, a drain or a, right uh, yeah well i wanted to piggyback off of uh what dennis was talking about uh, about his son being uh, not wanting to be under his the shadow of his dad doing comedy um i wanted to know um obviously your brother um, is also um, a famous comedian too as well, very hilarious comedian um, that everybody knows too as well. And I was wondering how how did you deal with being able to have to separate yourself so that people can see you and view you as you know not being under your brother's shadow or, or anything like that. Was that a tough transition? Well, it, it's, uh, it's there's a lot of ways to answer that. When I started, he wasn't, uh, and, and, and I don't know that. I guess he's pretty famous now. A lot of people know him. Everybody in the comedy business knows him, and he's doing really, really well. Mm. Uh, um, so I guess he's, he's famous. I mean, he does get recognized sometimes. But I get recognized sometimes. Um, but anyway, when I started, he wasn't very far along at all. He wasn't even a headliner. So mm. I didn't have that to go. I didn't have that uh, as any kind of a burden or anything when I started. In fact, I, I just had benefits because I had someone that I could ask questions, you know, somebody that knew something about the business and knew something about the craft that I could talk to that that, that cared about me. Most yeah. people getting started don't have that. You sure. know, uh, they, they might have people that support them, but people didn't know anything about uh, the business. It was very, uh, it was very, 
what's the word, arcane. It would be information was kind of, no one, you didn't know it. Now it's kind of out there. You and I were talking about it on the internet. People can learn about this stuff in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Back then it was really fairly uh, kind of um, guarded, hidden. You know, you didn't, you didn't know. You had to ask these questions, you know, about to, to people. Sure. So I had a lot of, it was a benefit at first. And there's times when it's a, uh, a drawback now because Brian's, you know, much uh, a bigger name, but I don't like to, uh, I mean, it just sounds like I'm starting to whine if I start to talk about the things that aren't cool about it. But I'll, I mean, one example, I, I come off stage, I can come off stage after cr- crushing at a, you know, on a cruise ship or, or some show, and uh, this actually happened, a woman comes up to me and, uh, and uh says uh, she's got her, you know, kind of her husband and family behind her. She says, are you Brian, Brian Regan's brother? And I said, yes. She's like, we love him. We think he's great. And I was like, okay, I, 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 I do too. But, you know, I mean, you know, Look, I, I'm not on the back. Weren't you just in that hey, show? Wait, wait, wait. I just did? <laughs> yeah. I totally, I can relate 100% because I got two older brothers and that was always the case. It may be a smaller scale, but... That was always the case. When they, aren't you Isaiah's brother? Aren't you Ricky's brother? Every time they just, I'm like, my name's Steve, and uh, you know, I can do other things. You know, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I totally get it. But that's that's really cool. That's yeah. My son has gotten real good at it. Uh, people people will say, so are you in relation to uh, Dennis Tooley? He says, uh, I think we're like third cousins. I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> hey, throw me under the bus, kid. Yeah, I don't man. care. So, uh-huh. and, and for those of you who, uh, who really didn't catch on in this whole conversation, we're talking about uh, Dennis's uh, brother, his much, much older, really much older Pops. brother, extremely older <laughs> brother, Carl. Uh, so if you've heard of Carl Regan, no, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, there's probably people that don't know. Uh, well, I don't know if you guys mentioned by name, but Brian. Brian Regan is my brother, and uh, um, we probably, I don't know if we prefaced this by saying that, but there's people listening. Who, you know, I got introduced, uh, I did a show, and this guy is a cool guy, and he runs a cool room, and he's a fan of mine, and he's a fan of Brian's. And it, it was kind of one of those, um, um, uh, not 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 a, a living community, you know. You got to be fifty-five or older to go. But anyway, a great. I like that setup. I have a lot of fun at those. But the intro was uh, uh, part of the intro was he has a famous brother, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> and I got to go out and tell him, uh, kind of explain why I'm not famous and why my famous brother is famous. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what the percentages of people that know who he is, or you know, I mean. Right. So, anyway. <laughs> this, this next guy is not quite famous, but his brother is real famous because his brother is a mass murderer. And, uh, no. Yeah, you just don't want intros. You know, you don't want an intro that thro- throws you a curve. I mean, you can handle them, but right. it throws you a curve. You're, you have a joke plan. You go, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. And you, you go, okay, you might, you might not have a joke plan, but you have something planned. And you go, okay, I'm going to go out and do this. And you go, oh, no, no i got to explain something first, you know? Right, which which is actually a good point. Um, how, how do you approach writing? Because what we do in the show is that we like to introduce different ways different to, um, to other comedians that are either starting up or um, just are just inquiring about writing because that's obviously one of the biggest deals. How, what's your me- how do you do? What's your method of, of writing your material? Well, 
first of all, <laughs> uh, I'm not in a big hurry to, to train my replacements. Um, and that's, 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 what, that's what you guys do. I know it's kind of part of it, but there's a lot of it done, and I'm just sort of kidding. But that's kind of what we're doing when we give these tips. I mean, I could, I could tell you to do this, do this, and there's a lot of that going on in the Internet and Twitter and all that stuff, but most of us are just like, it's like uh, we're digging our own grave because everybody and his son, and it's, everybody's doing comedy, you know? Yeah, that's and true. I just want to ride this wave out for a few more years until it's time to put me out to pasture. Uh, and this, um, you know, there's enough, there's enough comedians out there, so the money just keeps coming down year after year. The money at the club does, which I don't work anymore, so I'm just going to halfway, uh, I'm kind of halfway bitching. Me. But I'll, 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 uh, I'll tell you, um, what was the question again? Uh, writing. That's, writing? That's a great technique. Uh, I don't want to answer that's that perfect. question, so I'm going to find something else to talk about. That's and then I'm going to say, I forget, what you, oh, you wanted to know about uh, my you first... How I write, you want to know how I write or how I approach... You don't have... Yeah, it's just your approach. You don't have to give us like an you know an in depth. I just just your approach because some people like writing. I'm going to give you away my, my my writing secrets that took me twenty <laughs> something years to come up with. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, I used to find this when I was new that if you got advice from people, a lot of people would give you advice, and there would be these absolutisms that they would throw out, like mm. like. You gotta write every day. You gotta write every day. They right. can say that, you know. And then they they might write once a, a month or something like that. But they'll say you gotta write every day, and, or they'll say you gotta try something new every set. These real these absolutisms, I call it. And it's all nonsense. That's good in my mind. Um, you um, you uh, here's what I do. Here's what I do sometimes. I'm not always doing this, but I find that writing. When you have your own job and you have your own um, your own responsibilities to do things, it's it's kind of like if you could sit down and write for two hours or three hours, right? But if you don't have a system, mm. after those two or three hours, you still feel like you feel like like you could have done more. You could have you don't feel good about yourself. Mm. You feel like you could have done more, so you're not drawn to do it. It's kind of like going to the gym. If you don't have a set workout. Let's say if you do have a set workout, I'm going to do three sets of these, three sets of these, three sets of these. Then when you walk out, you feel good about it. You feel right. good. I did my workout. You feel good and you feel joyful and you go the rest of your day feeling joyful, which is very important. Mm. So I would I, I would do this. I, I would say, okay, I'm going to write an, an, for a certain amount of time a, uh, a day. And it might be 15 minutes. It might be uh, a half hour. And I would say, uh, okay, and, I, and I'd take the little, you know, the little, uh, put the pieces of the, uh, the the circles on the paper, and I highlight them when I did it, when I filled it in. I like things like that to give me um, visual yeah. uh, visual clues or visual satisfaction. Like, okay, that's been highlighted. I did it. But the point, the main point is, if you have have something reasonable to do, and you say, and then when you do it, you feel good, and you can go about the rest of your day feeling joyful. Then you will be more inclined to do it hmm. uh, and, and that's important and then you can up it to a, an hour and a half a day or you know if you, whatever but not so much that you go oh man I don't want I don't want to do it and I found that to be very helpful um, to motivate me you know to motivate me to go okay I want to do the writing yeah and then I will feel joyful and then I, I won't feel bad about myself the rest of the day sitting around going 
Oh, I didn't do any writing. I don't, I don't know how to sit down with a, a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I hear people say. You know, like I, I don't, I can't sit down to a blank piece of paper. Well, if you're a comedian, if you you should be thinking of funny things about fifty times a day. You know, right, right. Um, and maybe that's a, a high number, but it is. <laughs> but it, but um, I, you know, you should be. They should be coming to you, and you just jot them down. Now they're all, not always full, fully fledged fleshed out bits you just go oh no there's something funny about that right. there's something funny about that and you write down that little note you write down down that thing and I guess now people are putting them into their phone you know I, I text myself sometimes like yeah. that's something worth working on that's something worth putting into the book or uh, tossing uh, tossing around or maybe it's going to go into some other place but you have to write it down because um, you know ten, how many ever times a day these things come to you and very rarely is it a full form uh, a bit, right? And then when you sit, and then when you sit down to work, you're not looking at a blank piece of paper. You're not going to sit down into a blank piece of paper and go, "Okay, I'm going to write bits about uh, barbecues." And that's not the way. That's <laughs> not the way comedy comes to me. It doesn't come out of a vacuum. It comes out of experiences or, or other thoughts. So you look, you go to your notebook and go, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, that's funny. I can put that over here, and uh, I can make that funny now, um, or, mm. or whatever." But that's that's me going on a well, that's good. I think I think one of the things that that I want to kind of reiterate, I want to kind of repeat on, is when you started in on this topic, you hit something real important, and that's the fact that everybody's going to have to have their own system, something that works for them. Yeah. What works for Dennis Regan may not work for me, or it may not work for Steve. Right. But there may be something that I can learn from what you do for my system but if you don't right. have a system where you're capturing your thoughts where you're capturing those ideas so that you can go back and you can really flush out those thoughts and you can edit and get rid of the clutter and all yeah. of that then you you're you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't have a system that works good for you yeah and if you just think if you just think um, if there's someone out there that just thinks oh you know I'm going to just funny things are just going to come to me and then I'll throw them out when I'm on stage, then what you said is true. They, they won't succeed. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a lot more than that. Right. Okay. You're going to need a lot more than that. And another thing I would say about writing is very often I will sit down with an idea and, uh, you know, that'll be an idea in my book. Okay, it's time for me to write. And I'll sit down and go, here's an idea. And then I'll, I'll start to work on it. And another idea will come out of it. And then maybe another idea will come out of it. And the original idea never becomes anything. The original idea never materializes into anything. It just goes away. Mm. Um, but because I worked, because I, I worked at it, it was some, uh, the, the tree bore some fruit. Um, um, and uh, that happens uh, most of the time, I'd say. Well, I don't know about most of the time, but it happens lots and lots of times where you sit down. Uh, and it's not a, you know you don't need a great idea to sit down you don't need a great idea you just need to sit down and start working on that idea yeah. you can sit down and say look okay what are funny words for drunk guys and just start working on that and then your brain will think you'll you will remember a story like oh that guy that in high school that did that thing that time yeah and then that you know all your all your memories are connected you know yeah and and then when it starts to flow like that you go oh, that was funny I, I can say that happened to me um so really, that that sounds more like it, allow it to be organic and yourself. 
And, like, when I first started writing, I was very mechanical in my writing. And you can tell when I was on stage just going from punchline, you know, I'm sorry, from setup to punchline, setup, punchline. And then uh, there was one time when my wife was like, you know, you're funny when you're home. You're funny when you're around your friends. But when you go to do stand-up, it just seems so mechanical. And she's like, why don't you just take what you do in the living room to the stage? Because you're funny. And I think yeah. that that uh, transition from going from writing like that to just being myself made a huge difference because it just became my voice, like who I am, rather than uh, very meticulous and mechanical. Yeah, and most uh, most people don't get uh, good advice like that from, from people. That, that was wonderful advice. Thank so, you. Dennis, let me ask you this. Are you... Uh, are you a pen to paper writer? Are you a computer tapping writer? Uh, or do you, like, maybe you, uh, because you did admit to being a little bit uh, part of the elderly group that I'm in, you you, you have a typewriter still? I don't know. Uh, uh, you know a, a word processor. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I, uh, I, I was pen to paper, and I have transitioned. Uh, I have a, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I like computers and I like technology and I like using databases to organize stuff awesome. and, uh, and uh, being able to do a search and seeing connections of things. Yes. Um, well, are, I, I, um, yeah. Are I, you I, an I, Evernote? I, 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 used, I used to use those, you know, those composition books that, um, yeah. Yeah. For, for the big, for probably the first 15 or 20 years, I had those books. Yeah. And I would use those books, and I had them numbered, and I had the pages numbered, and then every once in a while I would uh, uh, use a page to say, okay, I'll, I'll just, you know, like some sort of a system. But it was fairly lame compared to uh, the retrieval capabilities of a database. Right. And um, and the way I use apps and stuff like that to write and to be able, you know, it's, it's important to be able to do a search uh, for me. So I use my iPad a lot now, and I use... Uh, the notes app in there and I organize things in the files and so I, I use a lot of apps I, use, I mean I, I right. move from one app to another are you uh, are you a are you a guy that uses do you use Evernote I don't use Evernote I use this thing I use this thing called Trello yes this app called Trello yes well, see, now you just start. Now you just started a fight between me and Steve. See, okay, he's a big Trello guy. I'm like, hey, I've got everything over here. Actually, I, I love Trello to organize it and stuff. But at the same time, I use Google um, Drive, and in Google Drive, I can I actually have folders that like have all my material uh, lined up. And it seems like it's a little bit too much when I'm talking to certain comedians. I'm like, yeah, if you just you can make it cleaner, you can find this, find that, and they're like, it's too much. I, I just want to write in my book. And I get it. It works for them. So, but it makes it so much easier for me when I can find a specific joke that I'm thinking about to tie it to it and then uh, be able to, to um, put them in a certain folder and then work on that. And that's why it comes back to finding a system that works really good right. for you right. and continuing. And I appreciate the fact that you've said, uh, you know, you, you find things that work for you yeah. and you started using them. And if it's not working for you, you're not taking time to, you know, if Evernote doesn't work for you, you're not taking time to try and mess with it. You're just moving on to something that truly works well for you. 
Yeah, and I think I may have tried Evernote at one point. Um, it's, I think it's on my, uh, you know, at one point. I, I don't know what it was about it, but um, I, the notes, the notes, uh, I think it's just called notes in the Apple system is is terrific. Yeah. And, but, you know, I have to, they don't come, this stuff doesn't come easily to me. I'd have to go, and, I'd go on YouTube and go, okay, how does this work? How do these YouTube how does right. the notes app work? Right. And then you, you watch people, and, and, and even going on there, the, everything keeps changing so that you're watching a, a video from, you know, 2012, and it goes, that, 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 that's not right anymore. <laughs> you have to go down and read the comments before you spend any time watching the video and go, and, and have to see the complaints. People go, this doesn't, this doesn't work anymore, you know? <laughs> so, so if there's a way to, you know, you can filter, the, it's just like, I, I put in 2019 when you put in a, um, um, I want a tutorial, a notes tutorial in 2019 yeah. to just get the stuff that is up to date. Yeah. So <laughs> let me ask you this, Dennis. Uh, from in those early days when you were just getting started, was there was there someone that gave you a piece of advice that really set you on the right track and and helped you uh, focus and get to where you are in comedy today? Well, where am I? <laughs> That's good. Evidently, you're close to uh, Burbank. I'll tell you a sweet moment that made a difference to me. Um, I was doing an open mic night, and there it was a small crowd, maybe 20 people in the crowd, and, and it was it was just all open micers, uh, I believe. Uh, it's going against what I just said, but I believe it, it was like a Tuesday night. It was all open micers, but it was a crowd, a, a small crowd there, and no one had done very well. And I, and I went up, and I wasn't doing very well either. I really wasn't getting any laughs. And I kind of stopped, and I said to the audience, "I said, well, what do you guys want to talk about?" There was a guy sitting up front, and he said, "You're doing all right." And I said, "What do you mean I'm doing all right? I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not getting any laughs." And he said, "I've never heard any of this stuff before." And I, and I, 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 I kind of, you know, I was a real pat on the back. So at least I was being clever and original, and, and, and so I've always kind of uh, appreciated that comment from the uh, guy in the audience. Yeah. So that's dope. As as uh, time has gone on, uh, I know you get asked to be a part of events. I know that's where, where we first met. You and I first met was uh, Leslie Neal uh, Leslie Neal's and Townsend's uh, uh, Clean Comedy Challenge. You were one of the guest judges and uh, presenters Leslie, of that. Leslie, Leslie Norris. Yeah, that's oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, Leslie uh, brought you in. That's where we met. Uh, so I know there are people that are saying, hey, uh, Dennis, come be a part of my event and share, share your wisdom and uh, your, your great knowledge, your, your understanding of all things uh, universal. And uh, so when, when you look at, the, at the, the state of comedy today and you know that there are young people, and I say young because, uh, well, I'm, I'm getting up there in age, but uh, 
new new comics that are coming in. What advice do you have for a new comic that's maybe in their first year or first couple years, uh, and they're still trying to find their voice, they're still trying to find their place in this thing we call comedy? What what's the the big piece of advice that you would share with someone? Well, a couple things. Uh, Steve just made me think of one of them when he was talking about what his advice is. White, you know, just wanting to be a comedian mm. is 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 not enough. I mean, you have to ask yourself: Are you a funny person? Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and you know, like Steve's wife said, you're funny. You're funny at home. You're funny with your friends. You're a funny person. So, and when when the answer is yes. Then you, then you can work at becoming a comedian. But just being like, oh, and, and so many people are like, you have to ask yourself, no, do you do you make other people laugh? Not right. just yourself. Do you, not, not just, do you come up with things that make you laugh? That's not enough. Right. So, so, the, so the answer is yes, and you make other people laugh. You can make your friends laugh and stuff like that, and you're good at that, and you can be, then you can, there's a good chance you can become a comedian. There are other parts of the skill set that you need. But it is a different ball game going mm. up on stage and making strangers laugh. Right. Because being funny at a party where you can sit back and wait for your spot or not do your line or make a decision as to not say something or just wait or be relaxed, that's different than going up on stage and then seeing all those eyes and all those people that have just paid to come in and they're all like, okay, go. Yeah. Go, buddy. You're on stage. We want you to go. And you don't know them, and they don't know your buddy Sullivan, and they don't know the fat man, and they don't know, uh, they don't know anything about, uh, you know, they don't know your friends. There's no, you have to start from, you're starting from a different place. You have to do all the setups. Mm. So, um, I think one thing I would tell people that are that are going to pursue it, and I don't, I don't know too many that did this or do it. Everybody thinks that the um, material, you know, it's all about the material and the writing and all that stuff, and, and that's and that's the largest part of it. But there's performing and there's performance notes that w what I would do when I would come off stage would be I would sit for a minute, and my, if, if, if something occurred to me, and it often did, uh, uh, something about my performance that could have been improved or, 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 or something that I learned mm -hmm. and and I would make notes of performance notes and now that, that can be in a, in a different uh, going into a different file you know it would be a different way to uh, find those performance notes because you you, you kind of need to reinforce them later look over your notes and go oh yeah that's right if that happens I'm going to do this if that happens I'm going to do this and by performance notes I don't just mean Oh, I'm going to raise my eyebrow, you know, when I say <laughs> this line. That's not what I'm talking about. So we're right. talking about things Stage that friends. you learn. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was in uh, New York, in my time in New York, and I learned, uh, you know, there was, back then you could smoke in the clubs, and there was, you know, there was more, a lot more coughing. <laughs> you know, people would cough, not just because there was smokers, but just because there was places filled with smoke. Yeah. And, uh, and there was, so there was coughing. There's still coughing. You know, you try to do a step, you try to do a joke, and there's a cough over here. Well, I remember one time learning that, uh, realizing that, okay, if someone coughs on your setup, when you're doing your setup, let's say it's just a two line or a setup and a punchline, if somebody coughs on your setup, the joke is not dead. You still got a chance, and you can still save this thing. 
Hmm. If you just do the, the setup a little bit differently, just kind of do it again, but do it different. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my setup over. You, that doesn't work. Right. You just kind of say the line again a little bit differently as if that was part of the uh, natural setup and then do the punchline. Now, the joke will suffer, probably, hmm. but, it, but it's still there. It's, you can still get it. Now, if they, if they, if they cough on your punchline, Mm. they cough at their left point the joke is dead there's no going back and doing it over again now I I bring that up because I remember learning that and I remember going off stage and and writing that down that I had learned something pretty valuable and all all of the performance notes aren't going to be that important or that big or come into play that often but that one comes into play a lot and and when it happens I I know how to I know how to handle it and and I can salvage where I am, if, if there's you know if there's a cough or a laugh or a, a, or if a table gets a drink right. knocked over on the table, those right. sorts of things depending on the, the, the but the the point is that I, I would make those sorts of notes, then go through those notes later and go oh yeah oh yeah that's right okay mm-hmm. so you have that information available to you when you're on stage and when you need it. Mm-hmm. Most people just come off stage and they just go up to their buddy and they go that's valuable time too, not just stage time. The time after stage time is valuable time to reflect on what you what you learned uh, when you were up there. Yeah, right. That's good. So, are you are you a guy that records every one of your sets, or do you rely more on that uh, that time where you sit down and take notes about what you just did? Um, yeah, there's people that there's people that say you record every set. I almost never record my sets. Almost never. Now I did when I was new, and I found it to be important and valuable. Yeah. Um, and because you know you listen to it and you go, oh well, no wonder they didn't laugh. I rushed the setup, or I yeah. said the wrong word, or I just mumbled. I spoke too fast. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very important for people to do when they're when they're starting, and then later on, depending on the way you work. Um, might want to do it and listen to it once in a while to realize that you're rushing uh, you're rushing a certain thing because that, that's very common with people is to think that uh, because you know this material so well that the audience is going to know what you're saying they don't know what you're saying right. <laughs> they don't know what you're saying you do that's why it's not working because you have it's become such rote to you that you're mm-hmm. just kind of up there go oh this, this material is golden yeah it's dying on it's Materials dying on you on the, on the line because you're you're not performing it well. Right. You've forgotten why it's funny, and you're just think, you're just up there thinking I can say these words, and I can say them in rapid fire. I can say them in rapid fire uh, succession. I worked a room. I did a thing. Um. Uh, I did a thing a, a couple of years ago at an event, and there was a couple of comedians that were younger than than I was. Mm-hmm. And the audience was kind of my age. They're a little bit older, even. They were. They were older. And and I know because I'm getting I'm getting older. They don't hear as they don't hear as well necessarily. <laughs> and 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 you got to speak slower. Mm. And, you know, and and most people get married to the way they do things. They right. speak at a certain they speak at a certain pace. Right. Or they and they speak in a certain way. They hold the microphone a certain way, a distance from their from their mouth, and that's that's a killer. Mm. That's unprofessional. I, when I'm in the back of a room, and I, I like in a one nighter or something like that, um, I look and I go, I look at the other comedian, and I go, how how quietly is he talking? 
Where is he holding the microphone from from his mouth? How is he holding the microphone? Are there, and I'd walk, I'll walk around the room and I go, is, it, is he being heard? And most of the or a lot of the time, it's, he, he's not being heard. He'll come off stage, he'll have no idea, he or she, no idea why that didn't go well. Mm. Because, uh, because and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell him. Right. They don't pay attention to anything anyway. So I will, I will, wa- I will watch, I'll go, I need to hold the microphone down here a little bit farther and speak. And, and for this audience, the one I was talking about before, I'm going to go even slower than I normally go. And I went up and I, and I spoke slower and I held the microphone down here. And I, cr- and I crushed the room, mm. which was crushable. Yeah. But it was because I, I was able to make these adjustments that most comedians don't make. See. They have their style, they have their way of holding the microphone, and they, those things go together, that they like the look of it, and that they're never going to change unless they, unless they do. That's good. That's good because it's like you, you really need to focus on reading the room and where you're at and learn how to adjust. Uh, accordingly and it, again that goes based on what you know outside of doing comedy like when I would do comedy at school at lunch in the lunchroom I knew that there was certain rules and certain ways to do it I could only go to a certain table and I couldn't get up more than 10 minutes you know so like you knew okay I got I can I can make them laugh within this time frame um, or when you're at like someone someone's house you know that especially my house because being Puerto Rican everybody's loud so you have to be able to know, okay, if I go to the to the living room over here, I'm able to, to talk to my boys and, and laugh here because everybody over here is either dancing, singing, and screaming. Um, but I can, I can adjust my volume, I can adjust it, and I still do my piece or whatever I want to say uh, and be effective. And it's like you got to know exactly how the, uh, the room works. And that is, that's a huge, that's a huge tip as well. That's, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So, Dennis, you've been on, uh, you've been on Letterman. Uh, I'm, I, I'm thinking Leno. Um, although I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Leno. Uh, I was a bigger Letterman fan than I was Leno. And and uh-huh. and now if I, you know, if if I have an accident, uh, it's probably because Leno's people came after me. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you've 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 had some success. You've you've been to places where. At least comics my age, it was like, oh, if we could get to be on, uh, if we could get on Carson or if we could get on Letterman, uh, it, it will help launch things into a whole new direction. And that, um, what's next for Dennis Regan? What's what's the what's the big thing that you're working towards now? album out after after uh, 30 years of doing comedy. I just awesome. put my first album out. I was very slow to do that. Um, I have a web series that um, that I'm proud of on YouTube that uh, awesome. that, uh, that I enjoy and people enjoy it. It's, it's hard getting traction with um, uh, you know with just putting up comedy, putting up a video every couple of weeks. But yeah. it's called That Darn Dennis. Uh, I did. That darn Dennis, and I got like uh, two thousand subscribers now. I did. And, uh, uh, I did just share uh, an episode from your your web show uh, on YouTube there because it it hit right in in my heart uh, because you were talking about the popularity of the name Dennis. Oh. 
and and that one really resonated <laughs> with with me because there is a, there's a need for people to uh, rejuvenate and start using the name Dennis and get it popular again. Yeah, well, that's part of that's part of the, the goofy idea. I don't I don't really care if they do or not. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, names change over time, and that was and I was just kind of showing how uh, that all of it, my my name was number twenty one in popularity when I was born, and now it's number five hundred and sixty six. And I was talking about all the names that were uh, popular. But all of my episodes are are different, and um, and I just put out one that you guys would like. I I think um, it was the uh, I put it out a couple weeks ago. It's called Problem People at Comedy Clubs, and it's about thirty minutes long. It's, it's one of my longer episodes, and it's and it talks about uh, the, the 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 crap that we have to deal with. And, and comedy clubs in the, in the form of people that don't know how to uh, behave. And I'm not just talking about hecklers, but I'm talking about, um, uh, you know, Mr. Two Cents that sits up front and has a joke for every joke that uh, every yes. time you do. And, and, and I really give an inside look. I really give an inside look into what it's like to be up there. Perfect. And um, That's great because I we, we're starting up um, our comedy club as well, uh, Gutty's Comedy Club. And we've been doing shows, and there was always there's always somebody out there that. Well, the thing is, we need to educate. Some, it's like almost like we need to reeducate everybody on how what how to act at a comedy club. And um, you're not there to critique. You're not. You're there to, to have fun and to laugh. And so our job is to bring that. Um, but there's a lot of people that think they can now, you know, just stand up in the middle of a show and just start having conversation. And it's like you guys, we need to educate you on how yeah, we call those, it works. Those are, we call those idiots. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but right. I, it's a grow. It's a growing number, and uh, um, I um, and, and it makes it difficult, you know. Um, one of the things I talked about in that ep- in that episode is and. And this will be informative to people that are comedians or people that are just interested in. Yeah. When, when a guy screws, when, you know, there's when a guy yells out his own joke and he screws up your joke, right? Yeah. Okay. He, he, he might he, he he might think okay he was just adding on he was he thinks he's helping you right? Right. Yeah. But but what they don't realize is you might have a bit that has four or five punchlines, right? Right. And. He is just killing the last three. He's killing the ones that you're trying to get to. The really, the really, the whole, the purpose for doing the bit was to get to those last two or three. So you can't get to them now because you got, you know, Mr. Idiot up here. Right. That he's got this, a joke that just popped into his head off the top of his head. And so, but not only that, he, um, you know, we have callbacks and, 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 and those are things where I know you guys know, but for the sake of the audience. Yeah. Those are things where later in the set someone will do a reference to a joke that they did earlier. Right. And those are that's an effective technique. A lot of comedians use them. I use them. I use them a little bit. And so a guy can be killing. He's not only killing three jokes now. He's killing callbacks later in the show by his stupid little idea that popped into his drunken head. Right. And they don't they have no idea what they're doing to the show. They're just sitting there thinking, oh yeah, yeah, let me get another Coors Light over here, please. You're, you are so detrimental to the comedy show 
and you're clueless about it. And that's just one one example of the type of people that I that I give in that episode. So I, I wish people would go listen to that. Uh, yeah. What, what's the name of uh, What's the name of the uh, the episode? The name of that episode uh, right now is uh, Problem People at Comedy Clubs. But you know how you can change names? Yeah. And, uh, I think I'll leave it at that, though, because uh, okay. now I'm plugging it on your thing. But, uh, uh, I mean, if people are listening to this 200 years from now, <laughs> you might have a different name by then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's your uh, What's your YouTube channel you have your series on? What's it called? Is it just your it's personal? Called that, it's called That Darn Dennis. Nice. Okay. Awesome. And when you get those people that just are interrupting things, you just want to stand up and say, uh, "Hey, people, this isn't church. You can't you can't talk <laughs> like you're in church." Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, the thing is, this you know, dealing with dealing with these people now in that in that episode, I don't really address how to deal with it. I mean, it's thirty minutes long as it is, mm-hmm. and and every uh, uh, but it's good. People like it. It's good. Uh, there's about ten different types of uh, uh, stereotypes or general personality traits, like there's the Whisper Sisters, you know, the, the ladies that sit up front, they're, 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 they haven't seen each other, but they just whisper, whisper, whisper. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. think they're being polite because they're whispering, and you're like, and you're, you're annoying everybody around them. Anyway, that's just another one of the character types. Awesome. Um, and um, uh, I forget where I was going, though. I don't want to keep doing this. <laughs> well, it's, this is, uh, this is helpful because uh, we don't. I don't know that we necessarily need to go through the whole episode, although we could if you wanted to. Uh, but uh, please, if you're listening and you're saying, "Hey, uh, I want to hear what Dennis Regan had to say about idiots at comedy clubs," uh, you can go to that darn Dennis uh, on YouTube yep. and and you can watch that episode and, and watch more. And by all means, subscribe to subscribe. Dennis's channel. Yep, and then. Uh, go in and make comments about how great it was, and remind Dennis that uh, if they thought it was great, if they thought it was great, or if they liked it, I'd love to have. I'd love to have. And, uh, and, uh, well, the other thing, though, the reason I didn't say, um, like, I didn't go into how to deal with situations, uh, or is because it's so layered, it's so, so many um, intricacies and subtleties, like how to deal with a heckler, like. It depends on so many factors, you know, like right. how early in the set is it. If they were a friendly, if they were a friendly, it was a friendly heckle. If the guy's uh, with his girlfriend, or if he's with his family, or if he's with another table full of drunken idiots, or um, if the joke really hurt, if the if the people in the back hurt, hurt, even heard the heckle, or was it negative and did it, you know, all these factors that go in, in and out of your mind really quickly, and um, it's not something you can just say, you know, like oh, this is how you deal with a heckler. You just give them a, a slam line because that's not that's not always the answer, and that's very often not the answer. Just right. to give them the, your best heckler line, you know. Mm, right. Well, Dennis, I want to thank you for taking time out yes. of your schedule to uh, hang out with us here on the Pops and the Rican Show. Yes. Um, is there is there anything we can uh, help you promote? Anything you got coming up that you want to let people know about? Uh, we can help get the word out about. You come with well, uh, I, no, I appreciate the uh, let me plug the the, the, the web series, the uh, YouTube SMF. And uh, oh, if they want to buy my album on um, on uh, iTunes, it's called Vexed. Okay, perfect. Performed in front of a live audience. <laughs> 
I think I'm gonna my my next CD project. I think I'm gonna do in, in uh, like in a funeral home, in front of a dead audience. <laughs> so horrible. Just, yeah, right. Just just to, just to see if it's much different from it's from the horrible. previous one. That was supposedly a live audience. I'm not sure if they were, but yeah, or or just in front of a, a late show Friday, you know, uh, after the midnight uh, midnight <laughs> open mic like night show or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, hey, well, guys, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, it's a pleasure. Our pleasure, man. I'm glad to meet you. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. So, uh, yeah, we just uh, we just wrapped up with yep. uh, Dennis Regan. Dennis Regan, that was awesome. And, uh, man, I will tell you, uh, I think Dennis is equally, if not funnier, than his brother. I didn't say fam- I, this is I, a funny family. Dude. I didn't. A, I didn't say oh, that on the podcast because I don't want him thinking I'm blowing smoke up his skirt because that that would get <laughs> awkward. Wears, that would be awkward. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. no, phenomenal comedian great. with some great insights. Yeah. And uh, I deeply appreciate his taking time to to hang out with us. And so yeah, if uh, if you missed it, uh, please go on YouTube and search out for uh, That Darn Dennis. That Darn Dennis. Uh, and subscribe and, and let him know. And then uh, when you subscribe, leave a comment saying, hey, remember you were on the Pops and the Recon podcast and you need to send them $1,000. Yep. Uh, just, send, uh, well, just because it would be nice if he would. <laughs> I'm not sure if he will, but it would be nice if he would. It would be nice, yes. And, so uh, you want to make sure you check him out. Go online, look it up. He's a hilarious comedian. You, you definitely will not be um, disappointed at all. So uh, anyway, uh, I think uh, all in all, yeah. uh, a great show visiting with Dennis. Yep. And uh, so now I think it's time for us to. Uh, you can also catch him. Well, really quick, you can also catch him on Drybar. Uh, if you have the Drybar uh, comedy app, you can download Drybar, and he's his um, his. Um, specials on there called Dennis Land so you definitely want to catch that too yeah. Um, so yeah I mean great show great show and great guy and yep. you will not be disappointed if you uh, if you buy his new album if you just download send, his just stuff from, it, if you <laughs> whatever you do yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna love what Dennis does yeah uh, because his name is Dennis oh and, uh, yes of course that, that has to be of course. it so anyway I, I think that's about our time yep here yeah so uh, I guess it's time for us to say, hey, this has been the uh, Pops and the Recon show, and uh, I'm Pops. And I'm the Recon. And this has been the Pops, Pops and the Recon show. Pops and the Recon. Look at this dude. Look at the top of his head! Look at his lips!